0: reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. All the day I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out. Violence and outrage is my message. The, wor- the word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach repro- all the day i say to myself i will not mention him i will speak in his name no more but then it becomes like a fire burning in my heart imprisoned in my bones i grow weary holding it in i cannot endure it Verbum Domini.
1: My soul is thirsting, for you my flesh is pining, like a dry weary land without water. to behold your strength and your glory. Your loving mercy is better than life. My lips will speak your praise. banquet, with joyful lips my mouth shall praise you.
0: from the letter of saint paul to the romans i urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of god to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god your spiritual worship do not conform yourselves to this age but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of god what is good and pleasing and perfect Verbum Domini. Amen. Yeah.
1: Jesus Christ, enlighten the eyes of our hearts, that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our God.
2: Dominus phobis cum, et cum tu spiritum tuo, lectio sancti evangelii secundum mateum. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me or what can one give in exchange for his life for the son of man will come with his angels in his father's glory and then he will repay all according to his conduct verbum <laughs> domini quite a dramatic turn of events, Jesus calls Peter, Satan. Get behind me, Satan, you're an obstacle to me. The preceding verses we had last Sunday, and Jesus poses the question, you know, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Some say John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus turns to the disciples and says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responds, blessed are you, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Heavenly Father. That this is the truth that Jesus Jesus prayed the night before, before this scene. He's praying for Peter's faith and understanding on this, and it's a A knowledge that comes from above, that Jesus is the Son of the living God. A dogmatic statement. Jesus is the Son of God. He's not a mere prophet, he's not a teacher, he's not a nice guy, just someone who does good things, had a few nice things to say. He's the Son of the living God. So the verses right after that today he makes this prophecy about his cross, how he's going to go to Jerusalem, suffer greatly from the elders, chief priests, be killed, and third day be raised again. So this teaching of the cross that he's revealing who he is, and in the gospels he's careful to make that revelation in light and through the cross, that this is how he's going to redeem us. Because the temptation for us is that God redeems us through the great things of the world, not the cross. I mean, the the good things of the world seem to bless us, right? We enjoy them, they're good and beautiful, bring us pleasure, enjoyment, happiness in some sense. The cross, you know, that is revealed to us today that this is the path of salvation for us. And Peter and his successors, the popes, the magisterium of the church protects these teachings that Jesus is the son of God. He's not a man that's specially anointed. He's fully God, fully man, united in the person of the word, the second person of the Trinity. These are all dogmatic statements of the early church councils, you know, that he's sinless, that he's born of the Virgin, that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. He doesn't have a a biological father. It's not the fruit of man that he comes about, it's through the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Virgin. So this is the center of our faith, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he destroys the kingdom of Satan through his Paschal mystery. That he binds the strong man, as we're told in the parable, who has plundered us, who has plundered us from God, stolen sanctifying grace from us, held us bondage and sin. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That we follow him, we walk in the light, his light, when we follow him. That in no other do we have salvation. He is the one mediator who out of Love for us dies on the cross for our salvation. So, yes, get behind me, Satan. Anyone that dissuades Christ from the cross, or you know, just dissuade, try to dissuade us from the cross and dissuade Christ from taking up that cross, yes, get behind me, Satan. The cross is to stand prominent in our life. He tells us today, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In the world, the flesh and the devil is doing this big show to distract us from that. There's some other way, there's some other path of our salvation. But it is the Father's plan of salvation that the Son, through his obedience to the will of the Father, suffers death. He's rejected. He's doing the plan of God. Adam and Eve disobeyed in the garden. This obedience of the son is redemptive for us and he suffers and dies for it. The people prepared for him reject him. Our sins crucify him today. That's the path that he is taking for our salvation. So The cross is the power and salvation of God, as Paul tells us. So get behind me rebellious flesh of our fallen human nature, this rebellious world this fallen from grace, that our lives only make sense in the light of Jesus Christ, especially in our sufferings. Our sufferings are... The sufferings of those we love and see, it's baffling to us. It only makes sense in the light of Christ that this is redemptive. He uses it in some mysterious way for our good and the good of others. The Old Testament itself doesn't make sense without its fulfillment in Christ. That in and through him we can make sense of the scriptures, not just... All these endless opinions, Jesus comes and teaches with authority and makes sense of revelation, this revelation of God to his people, because Jesus is the fullness of the revelation of God to us. And the church protects this revelation, the word spoken to his people, Jesus. All that the Father wanted to say in the breath of the Holy Spirit, as Augustine talks about, is in Christ. And it's preserved for us in the scriptures, the written word of God, and the living tradition of the church, where God communicates himself. which the Father you know, through the Logos and the Holy Spirit remains always present in the church through this tradition, expressed in words and actions of the church, in our liturgy and prayer, and in all aspects of our life. That's from Vatican II, life, doctrine, and worship, handing on this tradition, this living tradition. And the dogmatic definitions, the dogmatic statements of these ecumenical councils, ex cathedra statements, we could say the constant teaching of the Church, the ordinary magisterium, that's all an element of that living tradition handed on to us from Christ. And yes, there is a growth in understanding of that tradition under the Holy Spirit. There's a growth in understanding these realities that are handed on to us through contemplation and study, through those who ponder these things in their hearts, the saints, especially, the doctors of the church. But tradition you know, does include dogmas that are drawn from the scriptures and use reason in our theology to understand them, to unpack them. That we could truly give that obedience of faith, that submission of intellect and will. Our reason seeks understanding. So these truths from scripture, either implicit or explicit, we use reason, we use theological reflection study to understand them in a deeper way. So they are true statements of who our Lord is and what He taught and did, and we believe in this truth handed on to us and it's an unchanging truth in the revelation of Jesus Christ. This tradition throughout the ages incarnates in symbols and language, you know inserting the mystery of salvation for all peoples. So the church adds. Nothing new to the gospel, but renews the newness of Christ and generations that you know, continue on in the church. And a beautiful teaching of the church, too, is there is this sense of the faithful of the people of God as a whole. The faithful, meaning that those who are obedient to the word of God and are led in the ways of faith by their pastors they have this supernatural sense of the faith that is rooted in the people of god who receive understand and live the word of god in the church the sense of the faithful things that they hold true you're baptized you have into the priest, prophet and kingly role of christ you have a prophetic voice by grace that's given to us you know those who receive understand and live the word of god there's this sense of the faith in the people of god i've seen that many times as a priest that people who you know are haven't studied the faith in any school of theology but have this deep apprehension of the mysteries of the faith. They understand things in a deep way. This is important because the world world is fallen. Satan has his reign down here. And certainly the world rejects this word of the cross that we get today in the gospel. Jesus tells us to take up that cross to follow him. That's how a disciple shares in that salvation that's what he did that's that's the plan of salvation he suffered died on the cross for us we share in that cross so the world the flesh and the devil is going to try to tear at that to distract us from that and to say that there is another way And recently in the office of readings it's one of my favorite passages in the office every year and it's it's, in the, it's in the text of the feast day of St. Rose of Lima. And Jesus tells her, he says, "You know, let everyone know that grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let men take care not to stray and be deceived. This is the only true stairway to paradise. And without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven.